I think if I had to review The Witcher using only one word, it would be... Mmm. You bet your asteroid. What's going on, everybody? This is Diego, and welcome to my review of The Witcher, the series on Netflix. Spoiler warning, I'm going to talk pretty freely about... Uh, much content from within the series. So if you haven't seen the series or planning on watching the series or just don't want to be spoiled overall, um, avoid this episode. Um, otherwise, let's uh, assume that everybody has either seen it or doesn't really care to be spoiled for The Witcher. Um, uh, one more disclaimer. I have not played The Witcher video games, nor have I read any other kind of material about The Witcher. So my very first exposure to this world was through the series. Okay, so keep in mind, I'm coming at it from that perspective. I had no preconceived notions of what this was supposed to be, of what Geralt was supposed to be like, or Yennefer, or any other character, or the storyline, or the visuals, or anything like that. I came in with a blank slate. Uh, which, honestly, I kind of enjoy walking into a show in that way. It's, it's. I think nowadays it's a little bit more difficult to be able to walk into some sort of mythology without knowing a thing about it because, number one, Hollywood is uh, going through a phase of lack of originality, and so a lot of the material that is being presented to us in the form of movies and <clears throat> these um, well-produced shows is content that we've seen before, perhaps rebooted, maybe, you know, remix, respun in some way. Um, so it, it was refreshing for me to be exposed to a series from scratch and to walk into it with just a, a blank mind waiting for the show to reveal the world to me. I really enjoy that process. So having said all that, um, I want to start off with some initial thoughts. I think... The world that The Witcher takes place in is an interesting world. I think it's full of fascinating creatures, um, fascinating strata of society and of um, hierarchies and government. Um, I, I really like all that. So, of course, as a fan of Game of Thrones... As somebody who has seen Game of Thrones many times, um, I've gone through the entire series, I think, five times now. Uh, and I'm already starting to itch for another uh, round of Game of Thrones from beginning to end. So as a fan of Game of Thrones, it's very difficult to not start drawing comparisons. And now, I don't mean comparisons when it comes to the specifics of the story, okay, because there are a lot of differences when it comes to specifics, right? There's a lot of uh, a lot of creatures in the world of The Witcher that are accessible and visible right out the gate, and they kind of blend in with everybody else. They're not necessarily um, hidden creatures like some of the species in Game of Thrones or the creatures in Game of Thrones that remained hidden for much of of the, of the first few seasons. In The Witcher, we see all these different species very much integrated with each other. And we see 
the result of having coexisted all these different species for many years. So um, where is a comparison that I immediately started drawing to Game of Thrones? Both of these shows take place within a fictitious medieval type of world. And when you're talking about that sort of environment, that sort of world, you immediately have to account for the fact that that world knows nothing of our modern language, our modern way of speaking, our modern way of thinking, um, modern mannerisms, the way people talk, the way people act, the way people think. There's a certain um, air to that era, that medieval setting that uh, excludes it from being in any way, shape, or form, really, similar to, to our era. What I think um, Game of Thrones did extremely well was um, making that world very believable, right? So we don't ever really feel like there's any kind of hint of any modern language or anything like that when we're watching Game of Thrones. Now, enough about Game of Thrones. Let's focus on Witcher. That was one of the first aspects that um, took me out of it at the beginning, in the first couple of episodes. There were certain mannerisms, uh, certain ways of speaking, certain uh, phrases, certain things that uh, they felt like they didn't belong to that era or to that world, just based on the overall notion that we all have of what should be part of uh, a medieval type world. And so it just, some of the phrases and things that they were using that some of the characters were using seemed too modern. And so again, because I had that other point of comparison, it kind of took me a bit to get used to it, but I did get used to it eventually. And when I was able to do it, when I was able to get past that and really start just focusing on the story, um, I started liking the show. But then, around episode four, I believe it was, the um, the timeline of the entire thing kind of smacked me across the face. You realize around that episode that this show has not been presenting things in chronological order. And up, up to that point, you kind of have the notion that it has been. And so when it does that, it, it really kind of shocked me for a bit and I spent an entire episode trying to figure out in my mind what the hell was going on you know what wait a minute what was the actual uh timeline of this thing how does it all tie together how do the uh story threads from these main characters tie together uh and that in itself was extremely extremely distracting this is this isn't obviously the first show or movie that does something like this. So it's not a foreign concept to me, but I feel like it was done, I don't know, with lacking a bit of grace. It, was, it wasn't It was done very elegantly compared to some of the other instances where I've, I've seen something similar done in a story. 
Now, once I was able to piece it all together and once I realized what the timeline of the entire thing was and once I realized how the main characters could cross paths, then it started getting a lot more interesting. I think around episode five for me is where the show really hit a stride and I started enjoying the heck out of it, seeing how the main characters were finally interacting with each other, um, understanding the purposes for why certain people went through certain things and how it all just kind of came together for a common purpose. And um, it, it all kind of came together, not just on the characters, through the, on, the, on, the, on the side of the characters, but also the story, like all of it, the whole world, the mythology, all of it kind of started pointing and feeding towards one direction. And the story became extremely interesting to me at that point. There was a point when the whole timeline thing happened that I was considering jumping off. I was considering not watching the rest of the show. But when I allowed myself to continue watching and the story hit this stride for me, that's when I knew that I couldn't put the show down. I had to watch it to the end. And, uh, and I'm glad I did. Uh, there is character evolution. There's character growth. The main character, Geralt. I mean, we, we see this dude go from um, apparently someone according to if you believe what other characters say somebody who could who was literally incapable of feeling or becoming attached emotionally to anybody and you see this progression in him how he basically defies his own nature and does create human attachments or sentimental attachments and you see how a character like Yennefer had become so jaded from living so long and experiencing so many things had become already so jaded with the entire state of their world that she had stopped believing in certain things or certain aspects of life. And suddenly these things start reawakening in her. Then we also get to see, I love the character Yennefer, by the way, I think she's one of the more complex characters in the series. And one of the characters that has, the most interesting drive throughout, right? Because at the beginning of the story, first of all, her metamorphosis is, you know, uh, shocking. Um, when she goes from, and this is one of the reasons why I love having walked into the show without having prior knowledge of this mythology, because it, it allowed me to be surprised, to be shocked at the twists and turns that, that the show started taking. And Yennefer's story is definitely one of those. You know, the fact that she started off with the physical deformities and all this and being talked down to and all this, um, and then seeing her character's evolution, not just physically, uh, that's, that's the obvious part, right? But what she had to sacrifice to get to that point, what she had to sacrifice to shed the appearance that would keep her from being able to rise to power because within this world, she would have been looked down upon and finally finding herself with the freedom to basically obtain maximum power and obtaining that power. Then she realizes that her, what the sacrifice was to obtain that power is now what 
would become her main obsession. She wanted to regain that. She wanted to take a step backwards. She wanted to, um, to take what had been, what she had given up for the power that ended up being so empty for her. Again, very interesting character. Um, her resolve, her coldness, and seeing how little cracks would start forming in that armor for her. Um, her attitude towards the entire, I don't know, coven or whatever, the order of, uh, of mages, of witches and, and, and wizards. Um, her entire attitude towards them and seeing how regardless of all the drama that happened internally in that place, they all stood together in the end. The show of power the utilization of magic and all the different ways that they used it throughout this entire show, especially in that final, very medieval type of uh, siege against the castle type of uh, storyline that that was so exciting to watch. Um, it was all of it was beautiful. The visuals were stunning. Um, you know what they did visually with the show was really beautiful. I mean, talk about, just building beautiful scenery, the the use of different uh, topography and different uh, uh, geological regions and all that stuff from rainforest to, you know, literally like uh, shuffling on the side of a mountain, trying to not fall off to um, snow to, you know, human made structures to everything. They, they, they really created an entire world. So, Am I looking forward to the next season? Absolutely. I can't wait to see the next season. I think um, I'm a bit tempted to get into the games, but I, I feel like I want to walk into the continuation of this story without being spoiled. I really do want to just experience the rest of the story and, and similar to how I got to do with Game of Thrones, right? Um, I had started reading the books. I read the first three books of a song of ice and fire. And I stopped because I realized that I preferred to take in that entire world through the visual medium of the show. And I, I want to do the same thing with, with the Witcher. I want to just let the entire uh, introduction to all that is to come in the storyline uh, for it to just arrive visually for me, because it's, it's such a beautiful thing that, that they did with the show. Henry Cavill, I want to talk about Henry Cavill, Superman. Um, but first of all, this dude is massive. <laughs> I thought he Superman was the biggest that I that I had seen him, but man, the man is a beast. Um, apparently, he looks equally stunning in dark hair or light hair. Uh, we could all be so lucky to have that man's chiseled chin. Um, interesting role for him. So many, so much was said without saying anything. So much was said through looks, through silence, through simple facial expressions. And of course, through the famous grunts, how many grunts, so many grunts. <laughs> I don't know if that was part of the games, but he was grunting all the time, man. That that was pretty funny. Uh, and it was funny in a very subtle way, too. It wasn't like he was outwardly trying to do it for comedic reasons, but it was just funny because the man 
so limited in his word usage most of the time that uh, he just said so much with a single grunt. Very interesting uh, character for him. I really liked it. The fight scenes were really cool. Um, there's so much about the Witcher that, that like that species specifically that I want to learn, that I want to know, that I want to learn about. And again, I know that you know countless people already know you know m- many more details. I imagine because of the games, but I can't wait to find out more about the Witchers. You know, I want to know how they came to be. What is the process that makes a Witcher? Um, what is the training like? You know, how do they become powerful as they are? What the heck is all that stuff that they're using to to power up and to, you know, tap into magic? It's just a very interesting species that I want to learn more about. And it's a species unlike any that I've seen at any other point. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings and some other, uh, Darnia, for instance, you know, the, the, these types of movies introduce us to very similar creatures, right? They utilize very similar creatures and things like, you know, goblins and, uh, dwarfs and giants and cyclops and, uh, you know, even Harry Potter, right? Centaurs and all these different kinds of creatures that are the typical kind of mythological creatures. But the witchers seem to be a very uh, kind of original sort of, uh, species. I don't know what they call themselves, a subspecies or something like that, mutants. Um, so I can't wait to learn more about them. Can't wait to see where Yennefer's story goes. Can't wait to see now what happens now that uh, Ciri and um, and Geralt have been united finally. And uh, I almost felt like I needed to see more of that, just because it was it was such a big deal. At least within series, uh, series part of the story, it was such a huge deal that she find this man, that she find Geralt of Rivia, and when she finally does, the show just ends. You know, so I, yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was so teased the entire show, the entire season, that I, I, I was left wanting more. But I suppose that is the goal of a successful show, right? You want to know more. You can't wait to keep on being exposed to the series. So definitely looking forward to uh, Witcher season two, uh, getting more from Henry Cavill. Um, cool story. And uh, I think once I'm well into uh, however many seasons they end up making of the show, I'll definitely check out the games just because I want to swing that sword around and, uh, and submerge myself into that interpretation of that entire mythology. So, those are my thoughts on it. Um, I think, uh, I guess maybe I should come up with a star rating here. Let's see. Uh, if I had to give it out of five stars, I would give the show, I think a three out of five stars, three out of five. And, um, I think in my future reviews, I'll use the same scale and I'll, you'll start building a, an idea of, why I'm giving it that review, that, that rating, uh, three out of five stars, but in my book, that is good. That is a good, uh, good rating. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Witcher. Uh, for those of you who watch the series already, um, I hope you enjoyed it and, uh, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, maybe leave some comments, reviews, and, um, let us know what you thought about the Witcher on Netflix. Catch you guys in the next episode. 
Game over.